Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode i'm your host evan goldstein with me as always is the wonderful karen randazzo chili's is the new golf course and the amazing chris randazzo who dry cleans jeans we here on this week's episode talk television this week was karen's choice she chose the office season two episode seven the client but before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekaid.com. Let us know what you're doing. We'll let you know what we're doing because we communicate back and forth. It's the way it works. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. Help us pick our next episode because we're running out of ideas. <sighs> Maybe you are. <laughs> so let's, Karen, Yes. your pick. Now, I haven't watched... The Office in quite a bit. And I was curious, so what made you choose this episode? Okay, well, I just finished a full Office rewatch, which <laughs> I had not really done before. I mean, I watched the show when it was on, but not really since, except for the occasional Christmas episode at Christmas. Um, so having gone through this, you know, <laughs> if you remember The Office, it had a, its good times and bad. Yes. But this one I noted in my rewatch in particular was a really like solid episode that gave everyone like a good example of how everyone is and also had some really important things happen in it. Okay. So. I'm curious as to what, like I enjoyed the episode. It, it was a, a fresh reminder of what this show was when it was good. But I'm curious, I can't decipher what was important. Well, it was the first uh, hookup for Michael and Jan. Okay. That went on for a long time. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It was the crawling under the desk was my favorite part of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. If it was, if it was a mistake, it was a, it was a great mistake. (laughs) He's adorable. Um, it was also the uh, it was the introduction of threat level midnight, uh, which looms large <laughs> in office lore. It's like you know, it's one of the the it's one of the most memorable things they ever did. Threat uh, level midnight, help me. That's the name His of the movie screenplay. that Michael. Wrote. Holy shit! I totally forgot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually like people if you know if you watch this and you're like the client what the hell episode is that one? <laughs> oh, it's the one with threat level midnight then people wouldn't people wouldn't know what uh, that one is okay um and it's also jim and pam's quote-unquote first, first date. date that was the only thing of note that i like when you said the uh, in a lot of important parts i went okay well jim and pam went on their first date of grilled cheeses <laughs> which was okay. adorable dwight jumping and leaping and over the fireworks was worth the price of admission for this episode (laughs) (laughs) it sure was my uncle got me a bunch of fireworks (laughs) this show and it's unfortunate how bad it went at the end like for 
how do I how do I say this nice? This show was really good when it was good, and it was bad when it was bad, and there was not like much in the middle. Like my recollection is this this show just turned like one day and they were like yeah fuck it we're not doing this anymore let's just call it in, and getting to see this stuff again reminds me of how much I enjoyed these characters. Like Jim alone, he he was endearing. He I, like, really I, was. I don't remember. Like, wh- what happened? <laughs> well, after Michael left the show, the series lost its way. And I, having recently rewatched it, I can say it really wasn't that bad. It just wasn't the same show anymore. And there were characters that, like, did not have anything to do. But they were, like, major characters on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't get rid of them, but what are you going to do? It's funny because as I'm, I was I was looking to find this episode, I looked at the cover art for the following seasons, the, 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 the ones that came after season two. And all they are is, like, cast shots. And then whomever's in charge, most of the time it was Steve Carell's character, front and center. But, like, the cast just got kept getting larger and larger and like season eight must have had 42 people on the cover right like that was ridiculous and i mean at a certain point the premise sort of failed but had to keep going anyway like the the aging paper company being drummed out of business was like okay this has you know a certain amount of life in it and then it used it up but the show was still on (laughs) It it forgot that it used it up oh I want to give special credit to Tim Meadows in this in this episode. Tim Meadows was like, and I'm not a huge Tim Meadows fan, but holy crap, he killed it. I am not the biggest Tim Meadows fan either, but when I do see him in really like when he does something really well, like it's entertaining. And his character like nearly what I call snarfing up the the bloomin' onion, whatever they called oh, it. Yes. <laughs> like that was perfectly well done. Mhm. Um the the interactions between everybody whilst doing the, the table read was also oh also a delight to see because Dwight was like really getting into it and having a good time with it, even though like the, the screenplay was horrific to say the mm-hmm. least. <laughs> and you you could see his, his, I don't know, revelation when he realizes Dwig. 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 <laughs> Who's like, Dwig? The, the range of emotion that crossed his face was perfect. Like it's... That was another thing that was a really good episode, uh, good example of ex- exemplary episode was that, um, you know, the Michael Dwight relationship has always been one of Dwight constantly seeking Michael's approval and never getting it. And Michael really like, kind of treating Dwight like shit, but mm-hmm. just enough to not, you know, lose his friendship right yes that's i was curious as to where dwight found the insulated tinfoil blanket because like <laughs> that's something like space people carry around well dwight's a you know a survivalist, survivalist so <laughs> yeah i mean it was a good it was a great pick because you got to see every character do a little bit of something even if they weren't you know front and center mm-hmm. um and it was their character. Like yeah. you're absolutely right. This is if you want to get to know the cast, this is a perfect example of everybody's role and everybody's interactions with each other. And it was like 
I, I'm not the biggest fan of um, what, what do I call it? Like Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows, correct. But like awkward comedy where I feel bad for someone on screen because mm-hmm. like that makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's why I can't work watch Curb Your, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That show just makes me uncomfortable. And this this does get a couple of it gets gets there a little bit, but it's not as over the top as it as I remember it. Because when you when you when you pick this episode, Karen, I was like, oh, this is like, just <laughs> I feel I I empathize with the Michael Scott character. Like he should be feeling awkward, and yet he doesn't. No, like he still he, keeps trucking along. He's just clueless. <laughs> and it worked out for him in this episode, which I don't he, remember at all ever happening during my first watch like usually he's the coolest moron and it just doesn't work out and he deals with it but in this episode they get the account which is what the episode was really about not necessarily him hooking up with you know um jan, oh, jan. jan it, suddenly falling for him because like <laughs> i love that just that when he gets the account just the look on her face like when she realizes what the heck he's doing mm-hmm it's a uh, just oh oh my god! But like as I step <laughs> Is back, he a I I don't think he. Like, <laughs> I want to give him credit and say yes, this was all part of the Michael Scott plan. I think he just fell into it. Like he was just being Michael Scott, <laughs> and you know, Christian, the Tim Meadows character, was the right guy to be Michael Scott with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a a right place situation there. Well, I think that it also. I mean. It shows what Michael does best. Like, Michael knows this client, and Michael made this sale. And if you watch The Office, you start to get a lot of the lore, and Michael became manager from having been the top salesman. Right. And if you went at the start of the show, when I started watching season one, the Michael character is so awful in season one that you're like, how can anyone work for this person? How does this person have a job? And then they softened him up going forward from that and you start to see like why people wouldn't necessarily just run for their lives getting a job at this place Mm -hmm. and this is one of those rare examples where you get to see this is why he has a job because every once in a while he does something right and he does it really right (laughs) it's funny because as the episode starts it's the whole kid bringing in his you know jeans that have been dry cleaned and like I didn't remember any bit of this episode at all, and I'm like, oh, this is good. Like, and they did just those weird little snippets of him wearing the jeans, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's the Michael <laughs> Scott I remember, <laughs> and this is gonna make me uncomfortable. <laughs> but it wasn't Doing that the, like, dances and everything with the weights. That was weird. <laughs> like he had weights in his hand <laughs> at one point in time. <laughs> that's right. It, all in all, it was it was a great pick for for this show because. It like it was an exemplary, as you said, episode of what this show was at its finest. It was also exemplary of uh, the Jim and Pam situation at its, I don't know if it's finest, but certainly like this is the most like Jim and Pam, Jim and Pam are. <laughs> yeah. The, because like they get right up to that line of like super romantic and then. Jim one says something stupid. <laughs> yeah, one of them does something stupid or says something stupid, and we're you know set back another eight episodes of when are they going to get together? <sighs> right. But that's oh, watching rewatching this series. I, I think the thing that made me the most angry was um, why was Pam 
ever with Roy. Why? He's the fucking worst. <laughs> he is the worst. There was some some episode where like Kevin said something kind of like moronic, but like contradicting something that Roy did. And I was like, see, Kevin is a better boyfriend than Roy. What the fuck, Beasley? I I kept what Kevin did something in this episode. And I, it was just one of those interstitials where he pops in mm-hmm. and I can't remember what it was, but I remember laughing at it. <laughs> He's good for those. The the appearance of the Roy character for like this, I don't know, four and a half seconds that he was on screen. I was like, oh, that's right. I don't like him. He's the worst. I remember not liking him. And then the story coming out and I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) But if if he wasn't the worst, Jim wouldn't have been able to stick his foot in his mouth and ruin what was probably a very pleasant evening. Yeah. So, great pick, Karen. I, 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 I am tempted to do a rewatch, but it's like, it's tough for me. <laughs> I, like to- I wouldn't say, like, you need to go back and watch this, but if you're looking for something to fill your time, this is, this is not a bad way to do it. And I will even stand up for the later seasons, the Ed Helms, um, you know, manager seasons. Mm-hmm. They're... I mean, if it was only expect- two of them, right? The last two? I think so. It was okay. two. It felt a lot longer. It felt a lot longer. <laughs> if you're looking for it to have been as good as as this show is, mm-hmm. then you're going to be disappointed. But on the other hand, like there are good jokes. There are good stories. There are, you know, there's good stuff there. Uh, you know, and this this particular episode made me forget how how strange stupid i thought michael the michael scott character was because he did like outside of you know what is it chili's is the new golf course Mm -hmm. like like that was like the dumbest comment because had he just had they just left it at that it would it would just be silly like that's stupid but then she's like did you read that and he's like no i will because i wrote a letter to the editor like that that just took it up the notch that it needed (laughs) to be like really stupid comment (laughs) Thank you, Karen. Great pick. Um, I may pop in and out of this this show every once in a while. It's just I feel for the Michael Scott character. It's you know it's it's really interesting to to look back at this show because you know Karen and I remember we watched this together when it aired, and I I give it I give the show a lot of crap because I really I didn't like a lot of where it went, but there was a reason we stuck around. Like she said, it didn't it didn't get awful It mm-hmm. never got to the point where it was just flat out awful. It was still, you know, a decent show. There were still redeemable qualities there. Like there were a lot of directions the show went that I did not agree with, but you know, in the end I have a hard time picking this at any time that I consider rewatching something. It's like, well, I could just rewatch parks and rec or scrubs, which I, I think are ultimately better shows, but yeah, I'm looking at rewatching scrubs. this original, this, this season and just, how much I was into the whole Pam and Jim thing before they got married and had kids. And you know, the, <laughs> yeah, there, there was just a lot to love about the office. It was really nice to go back to this. Nice. All right. Very good. Um, let us take a quick break. And when we got, when we get back, we're going to, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. 
For your 24th visit to the nonstop comic shop, Jordan, Brendan, and Grace fry up some chimichangas and dive into Deadpool. First, they review New Mutants number 98, which introduces the Merc with the Mouth. Then they try to answer a myriad of questions while discussing Deadpool 2, including how does new Cleopatra Jones domino compare to the classic sexy Dalmatian domino? How great was it when Deadpool called Cable One-Eyed Willie? Does Weasel ever get punished for starring in the Emoji movie, among other things? How pointless was the after credit scene from X-Men Apocalypse? And could Deadpool's greatest villain turn out to be a wind advisory? Get all the answers to these questions and more in Nonstop Comic Shop, Episode 24, Electric Boogapool. The Super Smash Brothers gaming franchise is no shortage of good music, and starting this month, Matt and I are just crazy enough to tackle most of it. It's too good to leave anything out, but we did anyway, so if you like Super Smash Brothers music, buckle in for a long ride. We begin this month with some of the franchise's best original themes, as featured in Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, and Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. Get all you can handle in Waveback Episode 58, Super Smash Brothers Volume 1 Originals. P.S. Karen just wanted to see how many times she could get me to say Super Smash Brothers in one commercial. Oh, there's one more. Super Smash Brothers. If, like me, you greatly enjoyed last month's first installment of our new series, Drinking Beer While Doing Stuff, then I have fantastic news for you. Alex Watley is up to the same old antics once again. This time, he's here to tell you how much fun it was to try to complete an escape room with friends after downing two pints of a 13% ABV doozy. Did he and his friends escape? Was Alex any help at all? And hey... How was the beer? Find out in an all-new Drinking Beer While Doing Stuff, Hell on Woods. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at GeekAid.com. Hey, Karen. Hi, Evan. You taking the, the summary again this week? I sure am, and unfortunately I cannot be, um, I cannot have the rhyming S's that we've oh, been okay. going with. <laughs> Uh, All right, better luck next week then, I guess. What are we, what are we surmising this week? Uh, I'd like to talk about Killing Eve, Season 1, Episode 5. I have a thing about bathrooms. Okay. And, and is this, like, most current episode? Mid-season? Uh, no, it, the season has finished, but I have not finished watching it. This is in the middle of the season. Okay. All right, whenever you're ready. All right, and go. Okay, so um, this show has gotten bonkers since we talked about the pilot. It's amazing. I can't get enough. I can't stop watching it, except I have to because I have a job and kids and stuff. It sucks because I just want to finish the show. But um, so in episode five, the, uh, the killer has the address of the investigator played by Sandra Oh, and she shows up at her house and breaks in and... Sandra O oh is like, oh my god, she's here to kill me, and the, you know, runs away and hides in the bathroom, and they have a whole screaming thing until she's like, I'm not here to kill you, I just want to have dinner with you. And then they go down to the kitchen and heat up some leftovers and have a chat, and it's the most insane thing I've ever seen on television. The two of them, like, it's like cat and mouse, and the, the two, the acting in this scene is just off the charts amazing, and I've never seen anything like it in a show like this. And you have to watch Killing Eve because holy crap, it's great. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate that, but I'm going to go with hating Sandra O oh just because I'm friends with Chris. 
Thank you so Team much, o Karen. For life. <laughs> and we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials and the 60-second summary. It's time for the news. First up from Deadline, Orange is the New Black Season 6 gets a premiere date and a teaser on Netflix. First and foremost, I have not watched all of the last season, which would be five. Um, but within this article, it states that it only takes place over three days. So that made sense to me. Um, the new season will go live July 27th, which I feel is, has is that been a year already? Yeah, they tend to do one season a year and release in the summer. All right. So I have to catch up on that because standardly, I like this show. I don't know why I got pulled away this season. I, I, I just felt that, you know... Maybe it was because I just didn't believe it at all, like that that the prisoners can take over the the, the jail. But anywho, that, that season had some really good stuff in it. Uh, it is definitely a departure from their format, but I, I thought it was good, and I am very interested to see what happens now that they're all basically everyone in the show is going somewhere else. Meaning uh, that they're they're. Well, at the end of the season, the riot gets busted up, and they all get, like, bust off to other prisons. So they get separated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Spoilers. Now I don't have to watch. There you go. <laughs> no, I saved I'm... you 13 hours. <laughs> no, I made it. I, I can't remember how far I made it, but Netflix has this convenient thing. It'll be like, hey, you stopped here, and mm-hmm. that's very convenient for me. Um, but it it got picked up again, so we'll see what happens to the crew over there. Um this is also where yes netflix signed a, a series deal a series create with the series creator uh, jenji cohen mm-hmm. for an exclusive multi-year deal so she's she's in charge of this uh glow and i she think did that's weeds it. Yeah. Not, on, not on netflix but right well yeah she 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 did a lot with she was the executive producer on weeds back and that was also a really good show i, I enjoyed that wasn't show. it yeah, i loved it i liked that, that show I just like the most iconic imagery of that show is when she wakes up after having sex with that guy and she puts on a shirt. It's a DEA shirt. I was like, oh, my God. Yes, that was (laughs) awesome. So keep an eye out for that. Like I said, the 27th of July. Next up from Hollywood Reporter, the adorable faces of the kids from Stranger Things are going to be gracing our televisions once again. Um. No, uh, Schnapp, is that how you say his last name? I think so. Um, they did an interview. Um, it, he's adorable, first off. Secondly, he gives us a little background into what we can expect from the next season. Um, what I liked best about this article is the fact that he, he he's telling us we're going to get the the darker stuff from two, but the lighter stuff from season one in a summer episode in a summer series so like if i recall correctly all the other seasons take place while the kids are at school Mm -hmm. so now it's a summertime you know 1985 i think they said like this is this is great this is just kids on the on the loose and i'm really excited to see where where it goes because they know what they they know what they did right in the first season they know what they did right in the second season and hopefully those two the, the best of those gel together to make a good super season right exactly um how many more are there didn't they they four, i think four total four okay which is also great because they know when it's ending 
or yep. hopefully they'll, they'll, it'll stick with that. You know what I'm saying? They can Don't write a an ending and it can be good. Right. Um, <laughs> the I don't know how I feel the standout star from the standout star from the previous season of Stranger Things was Lucas's little sister Erica. <laughs> Not a hundred and ten on agreement with that. Well, it's in but. one standout star, not that she was the only one. <laughs> like, she, she was cute. She was sassy. I don't know if I want to see more of her. I think what I saw last season of her was enough. Um, but she's going to be getting a bigger role, which is nice, I guess, for her as an actress. Um, Schnapp goes on to, you know, talk about working with Winona Ryder. And, and he just, that was so cute. He He's like, gushes. worships the ground she work, walks on, which is just cute. So, uh, article's great. They also have attached to this the actual video interview with him, which is which is great stuff. Goes a little bit more in depth than the actual article. Check that out. Um, <laughs> for, I, I, every time I see an image of Jaws, it's like he looks so upset. Why is he? <laughs> he just looks crumbly. Um, Joss Whedon to produce freeform female detective comedy series from. See ho- Karen. <laughs> I just like to hear your struggle. Siobhan. Siobhan Thompson. Rebecca Drysdale. <laughs> See, I'm not looking at the story, so I'm I'm just like, man, what is he what is he trying to stay? Oh, Siobhan. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, I gotta pass on that with thanks. It's just just good to follow this follow the story that way. <laughs> um so Joss is gonna be doing a he the executive producing it was a weird uh pippa smith grown-up detective um so this is going to be a, another freeform joint which is cool i guess how how any word on uh cloak and dagger i've heard good things okay um but like only very briefly and not very many not okay. many people i know are really talking about it okay i will have to check that that one out to see what kind of content this this channel is is you know putting out there but getting joss is you know a good pull joss is a good pull but for this it it makes me nervous i know that buffy like looms large on our culture but this is each episode pippa solves a new case while unraveling a bigger mystery and attempting to navigate a messy personal life Mm -hmm. (sighs) mm-hmm I think I'm about done with dudes telling the story of women un- untangling their messy personal life. Like I'm just. I, well, I, all right. <laughs> I mean, it might it might be good. It might you know, but uh, I just I've just had enough. The series of dark comedy. I'm trying to see if was there anybody else noted other than Joss in this. Well, the two women in the headline presumably will. You know, they're right, the but, series uh, creators. They, yes, they were the, the series. Okay. I don't know if they're just the creators or if they're producing. I would assume that they're producing as well. Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, why? Not that I'm unhappy to have Joss Whedon in my life, but why is he working on this? It confuses me. That's all. Okay. Yes, we'll it says to... Drysdale and Whedon will serve it as EPs with Thompson executive co-executive producing. Okay. All right. I, I understand your your reservations. I can't I can't speak for Joss. I'm going to say he's doing it because he wants to. And I guess. he doesn't 
normally like he has i'm trying to think of before i actually say this out loud has he done anything that he's just like yeah this is a paycheck i don't think so i think no. joss whedon does whatever the fuck joss whedon wants to do. because <laughs> he's joss- also said like he likes telling women's stories you know like he like river buffy dollhouse like it's just what he does <laughs> okay he likes telling those stories he likes dealing with those characters he likes dealing with a I think way he put it on one of the Serenity DVD uh, commentaries was he he just likes the juxtaposition of a small, unassuming woman being really powerful. And I'm all for that, and I am all for more women's stories getting told. So I guess I'll just shut up and hope that Joss Whedon doesn't muck it up. Yeah, and I I totally I'm I mean I wasn't really saying that as a defense. I actually kind of agree with you, like. We're at this point right now where we're starting to see more and more of the stories that are being told being told by the people who are more like the people that they're telling the stories about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's turning out some really good television. And I'm not saying that Joss isn't capable of some really good television. I'm sure he is. Uh, You know, uh, he did some great stuff with the Marvel Universe and whatnot. And he's he's Joss freaking Whedon. But... Uh, at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with Karen. Like, I feel like if this is a story that's going to be told, it would have been neat to have it told by someone with a more, you know, hands, a personal connection to it. If I'm, I'm making any sense there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, from his previous outings, he does have a tendency to get things rolling and then take a more backseat to mm-hmm. it if he's not fit for it like maybe he i like that to... with agents of shield right yeah he, like, yeah he, he did like the pilot and he pieced out and then uh yeah then his, his brother jed was, it, was on, on the, i'm hoping on that he's using his name to get this rolling mm-hmm. and like it's a show he wants to watch so right. he's gonna make it happen and then be like all right you guys do this <laughs> yes that would be ideal. I, 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 I feel like he is that kind of guy. <laughs> All right. From TVLine.com, the Flash slash legend. Oh, man. You are having a rough week. Kean Lonsdale opens up Myth. about exit. About Opens up about exit. What I want from life now is different. So he's leaving the Arrowverse. Um I don't know how long ago, but apparently he has come out as, as bisexual uh, last May. So I'm trying to remember March, April, May. Almost a year ago. Was it a year ago or like last month? <laughs> I don't know. This the, the tweet that's pictured is from June 6th. So. All right. Well, whatever, whenever it may have been, uh, his life and his, his passions have changed now. And he is doing what he needs to do to make himself happy. Makes sense. Good on you. Fact is, is that he is definitively stating it's like it's not like he's just gone for good. He's just going to be doing other things. And if he is needed or if Wally is needed, he's still around. So, yeah. Um, see ya. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great for him that he's like following his, you know, owning his truth mm-hmm. and whatnot. But. I don't think Wally West will be missed from the 
Splash first. I, apparently, he'll be missed from Legends of Tomorrow because apparently he uh, he was pretty good on there. Because you know, Legends of Tomorrow is where the characters that don't have anything to do on their other shows uh, go to <laughs> hang out. But uh, it's like a clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. It was just so funny to me that they they wrote this Wally West character into Flash that had nothing to do with him. Right. Uh, and then he leaves to go to Legends, where he is actually needed, you know, because they lost Firestorm. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he's just like, yeah, never mind, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, and in the finale of Flash, there was a whole thing, like, you know, where Flash needed, like, help from his team to be able to defeat defeat the Thinker. And uh, in, the, in the opening credits of the finale, you see this kid's name, and you're like, oh, I guess Wally's going to come and help. That'll be great. And then he didn't come and help. He just showed up at the end because his dad's new wife had a baby. And, like, he had to be there because it's a family thing. But, like, why even have him in the episode if he's, like, he's a speedster and he could have helped. But he didn't. I don't. It was really fucking He was confusing. He was a non-running speedster. At that point, I was like, okay, bye, Wally West. See you never. I mean, as I look at this article, there's, like, this you know front and center big old picture of wally west in in the kid flasher <laughs> that costume just looks so uncomfortable and i think yeah, it's, it's because the top of the head is missing right yeah it's weird <laughs> it's just uncomfortable looking all right um from ew.com this like i want this shit to come to america okay official sherlock escape the room to open in london this fall now, I've had one experience with an escape the room. It didn't go well, okay? Just... You're still there. <laughs> I'm recording <laughs> from the room. Um I okay, it's just it was just too I don't know, like a stereotypical situation. Had it been revolving around the Sherlock universe, I think I would have been way more engaged. And this the way they're laying this out sounds amazing to me it's pretty clever to you know give the fans an opportunity to be in sherlock's shoes to do an escape room yeah that's that's pretty freaking clever they're incorporating uh video content from the cast members um the showrunners Stephen moffat and mark gatsis gatis gatis so close are are consultants on it so like and um, Mark Gatish <laughs> turned up in the promo video as as Mycroft. Like, like, yeah. like they're doing this right. <laughs> I don't know why they're doing it. Because like, Sherlock's done and they're not doing any more. But like, okay, okay so there you sure. go. To make it live on. <laughs> sure, why not? Come on now. If it showed up in your town, you tell me you wouldn't do it? Oh, sure I would. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, in a, kid, sure, in a kidless not? universe. Sure you would. You know what? Oh, <laughs> boo. Boo. <laughs> now you're grasping at straws, Chris. He sure is. Um, okay, so it says how much it would cost. It's 54 pounds sterling. I, I don't know. That sounds like beads to me. Um. But I'm trying to look. They said it would run a certain length and then possibly come here or go globally. Uh, is now to be rolled out globally following its opening in London. It doesn't say how long, though. But 
starting there, coming here, I'm okay with it. I want to see it. I want to actually participate. All right. Not for nothing, the imagery in this next one in our Slack chat made me want to read the article. Um, (laughs) From uh, (laughs) The Nerdist. HBO orders Game of Thrones prequel set thousands of years in the past, and it's a pic. The main picture is the death of Joffrey. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Um, so yeah, HBO is being smart. They're they're doing a prequel, but they're not doing it like 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 close. Like I don't know, like four years before. No, they're going thousands of years, and that makes so much sense. Not a lot of opportunity for recurring characters from the original series, give your which space, is a good thing. Give yourself some space to breathe. They could take snippets from here and there, like oh yeah, they mentioned this as a as a history tidbit. I mean, it just makes sense. Um, and like, it just keeps that that train a rolling, like. Yeah, but here's my problem, which is this. Go. <laughs> they haven't finished this this show, the main show. Yes. I know they're going to. They're they're just about you know they they've got to be just about done at this point uh-huh. and whatnot. Um, and that's fine. They have also not finished the series of books it is based on. What's this and day? This, they being George They Martin. <laughs> right? The pilot is written by him. Yeah, no. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Finish the books. Was it was I thought it wasn't just him. I thought it was him and someone else. And I feel it like It doesn't matter. Him and someone else. I get feel like him it was the someone there. else. And for us to go, oh, okay. All right. Written by Jane Goldman and Mr. I- RR. Yeah, yes. but it's something that he's he, doing instead of writing, writing that last books, book. I, because you know there's no is ready to like stab this guy in the eye. There's no way whatever he can write will ever live up to the hype that he has created for it by not writing it earlier. So true. I feel he's like kinda, he's sitting in a chair yeah. somewhere, and Jane went, "Look, look, is this okay?" And just waved a script in front of him, and he just said, "Yeah, okay," and then got credit. No, I feel like he's a writer, and he's just like afraid of finishing like many writers are it's not a knock it's a scary thing to finish your work but like dude <laughs> it's dude. been like 75 years <laughs> people have been waiting for this book it's true and he is not a young or healthy man so <laughs> <laughs> spoilers chris come on now all right well all of that said <laughs> this is the right way to go don't try to continue the story. Let the story end. Don't don't continue this. You know the currently running Westeros story. Go back. Yeah, I also like if you're going to do a prequel, set it a few thousand years in the past. Yeah, good play. Well, I mean that part makes sense to me because the Game of Thrones universe is really steeped in its own mythology, and yeah. they talk about you know all that shit that happened in the, to their ancestors. So that would be interesting to see. Just finish the goddamn book first. <laughs> all right, George. I know you're a big fan of the show. Karen's has finished the fucking book. I'll say it. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, this next one comes to us from CNN.com. Uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, today's the ninth. No, it was three day, two days ago. Somewhere around there. Two, three days ago. Um, Anthony Bourdain was found dead at age 61, and he committed suicide. 
this ripped through social media and it it was covered by every major news outlet like it was a big deal and there's not outside of of the reality of what anthony bourdain went through in his life there was not one negative thing said about him it was amazing how many people and how many how how much this guy has done and how many people he is he has touched and what he brought to this world and he was he was a chef like it's amazing what he did with his life in i don't know how how long has he been on television 10 years give or take maybe something like that um it's it's a it's a it's a real real shame. Um, the article is is a beautifully written article. It expresses you know a lot of what people felt about him and how how he changed them as people. I mean, even Obama tweeted about you know his interactions with with him in in what was it Thailand? So yeah. It's it's a shame, and the. The bigger part of this story is how suicide rates have increased dramatically in the past years, and it is it is a it, it's a situation that needs to be addressed. Um, it's unfortunate that something like this has to happen for it to be brought to the attention of the general public. This one hit me a lot harder than a lot of celebrity deaths do. I mean, for one, because a lot of celebrity deaths that are highly publicized tend to be natural Mm -hmm. causes type things. This was not. And also just this guy meant a lot more to me than a lot of other celebrities do. Even, even the ones I like, they die and I, you know, they're, they're passing. I mark their passing. I go, Oh, I remember that person. I like the things they did. And then it kind of goes out of my head. Right. This stayed with me all weekend. Uh, I love Bourdain. I love his style. I love his flair. I love his his attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he just traveled the world and just wanted to see as much and meet as many people as he could and try as many things as he could and to bring all of that to people via TV. Um Mm-hmm. that they would have otherwise never have known about. Um, so this is a real bitch. And the unfortunate part of it is that just because he is a celebrity and it seems like things were going for him, he had his demons. And it came as a shock to most of those that knew him. Now... In hindsight, you could step back and you could look, and in his past, he had issues with drug abuse, and the the, the fact is, is that we don't truly know a person until, until they know themselves, okay? Mm-hmm. If he didn't, he, he didn't project his demons because he was trying to bring something better to the world, and he succeeded. Um, just through his his interactions with people and different cultures and 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 all around the world of food and that was his life that was his his it's what kept him going because it's what brought him out of his trials and tribulations of the past and brought him success in his present 
but there was something else there that he did not let everybody else in on and that's a shame um when stuff like this happens it, it's hard to to think about well what if this was what if this is someone that i personally knew is there something that i can do or or in some way to help and all you can really do is listen and offer help when needed that's that's all we can do as people is just be there for other people and hopefully mm-hmm. they who are having the problems reach out and get the help that they need so the sad day he had a he had a great life big bucket of win as they say and he he brought that joy and that pleasure to a lot of people out in the world so sucks to see it happen it's a shame but he will be remembered very very fondly with that said let's move let's move on um apparently to more positive and uplifting imagery because this this next article coming to us from the hollywood reporter is it's not in my wheelhouse um the 72nd annual tony awards tv review (laughs) (laughs) so sarah and josh did a good job there karen i'm assuming you watched it Uh, you know you'd think i would (gasps) because i really do care about it sometimes things important things happen in life that mean you you have to miss an award show and it breaks my heart to do it but you know i caught up on this morning on on the old interwebs um and i'm bummed to have missed it because some shit happened Um, we, Sarah Barry Ellis and Josh Groban did, uh, have to clear a very low bar for hosting after, um, Spacey's award winning hosted last year and then turned out to be a complete piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. There were some really fun, uh, numbers from various Broadway musicals, obviously, because it's the Tonys and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. There was Robert De Niro. With zero fucks to give. Uh, I think he had exactly one fuck to give, right? (laughs) Yeah, that is true. I am mildly confused. Explain briefly. Oh, uh, he came out to accept an award and said, I got one thing to say. Fuck Trump. That's what I wanted to hear. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got to watch on Twitter today a... um, It wasn't to accept an award. It was to present a a performance, but... um, I got to see a video of the uncensored video that aired in Australia. It's just <laughs> fucking glorious to see it. And then I got to overhear some idiot at my job being like, I don't care whose side you are. I don't know who these celebrities think they are being able to say stuff like that. Like, oh, you mean freedom of speech? Right. That's what you have a problem with? <laughs> it's okay. funny how people confuse freedom of speech with the freedom to not get offended. There's yeah. no such thing. <laughs> Yeah. Also, have you heard the president? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, he d- he's not known for using that strong of language, but yeah, he he has but used I think that strong things- of language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just not behind and the a podium. things that he says are worse. Yes. Oh, definitely. Fuck you. Um, so yeah, so that was great to see. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, there was a there's uh, hold on, crossover element, but da, 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 da. it was it drew in the uncustomary dad rock demographic. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Springsteen performed, so God dads bless Bruce watching. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny stuff right there. So all in all, it was a good show. 
It was a good show. If you like, uh, you know, if you like that kind of thing, I would go in search of the uh, performance clips online because they're fun to watch. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Not 100% sure where this came from, Karen. I mean, I know it's the Hollywood Reporter, but I was wondering why this is... <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Inside the Felicity 20-year reunion at a ATX Festival. I don't know what... I know what TX stands for Texas. What does the A stand for? Austin. Austin. <laughs> ATX. Austin, Texas Festival? That's just weird. It's a it's a TV festival in Austin. Um, it's... Uh, it's becoming more of a big deal. Okay. Um, and well, I think this was the marquee event of that festival. All right. I'm, was I, this my, my point was, is why was this the marquee? Anywho, Felicity, the Felicity cast got together for the first time in 20 years, and mm-hmm. they answered a bunch of questions. We're not going to get, you know, delve into those. They are all there in the article, but it's it's cute to see their interactions and how they fondly remember the show. Um he was fu- it certainly was a big deal in its time. It was. It absolutely was. Involved. I remember the world turned upside down when she cut her hair. And they do talk about that. Yes, they and, do. Um, and I think the, my favorite thing that I read in this was that they were talking about a reboot. And in this, it made it sound like they were like, maybe we would like to do it under the right circumstances. I read another article where Scott Foley just said no. Oh, really? Yeah, Scott said, Foley was the one that was on uh, Scrubs. Was Elliot's boyfriend, right? Yes. Elliot's boy. Oh yeah, the the yeah the one who worked at SeaWorld. Yes, that's fine. Sean, just all of, all of those yes. emotions I had when I was twenty five or twenty six shooting the show are just back. I've missed you guys. Aw, that's adorable. Well. Well, yeah. I, I, it probably won't happen. But if it does, we'll let you know. If well, you not- are a Felicity fan, check out this article because there are some good, good questions answered. <laughs> all right. Not everything needs to be rebooted. This is very true. Um, all right. From the Daily Dot dot com. <laughs> wow. I didn't like saying that. The Daily Dot dot com. Oh, Jamila. J- <laughs> what? That's her name. Jamila, Jamila Jamil. Jamil. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I did not know that. Um, puts Hollywood on blast after Emil Hirsch is cast in a Tarantino film. This is so many forms of upsetting. Um, apparently, Emil has been cast in a new, like another Quentin Tarantino joint. Um, rec- what? How long ago was he... You know, brought up on charges. It doesn't seem that long ago. Back in 2015. Okay, so three years ago, he was brought up on charges for assault. And apparently he assaulted Jamila's bestie. And she got really pissed off, rightfully so, and made her views known on in the Twitterverse. I don't know, like with so many other people in the world, okay, why cast this guy? I have, well, I mean. So many other actors, so many other actresses. Like, why? Tarantino doesn't strike me as a dude who gives a fuck about, you know, what other people think about his choices. Which is a shame. Because because of that, a douchebag is getting another role. Right. Uh, I just want to stand up on a chair and cheer for Jamila Jamil, though. Like, for her to come out and say this stuff uh given like 
the the two parties in this this situation are her a tv star on a relatively popular network mm-hmm. sitcom and quentin tarantino basically god of film right and she's like i don't give a shit i'm gonna go out there and say what i have to say and i am absolutely 150 percent in the right yeah she absolutely go on, is girl and it's it's I, I like and even in in this article like why one of them he's like he apologized people make mistakes no no yeah okay yeah. you make mistakes but that's Strangling not someone a mistake, is not a mistake. <laughs> you know mistakes like you could usually erase with a pencil that's a mistake this is no yes that you, is a crime that was a crime a violent one yes and you have to you know you have to pay for your actions just just the way the world should work and he spent 15 days in jail for this assault wow. charge. That is not paying for his actions. Jinkies. Um, 15 whole days? 15 whole days. Like I don't know. 15, 24 hours sets in a row? He was sentenced to 15 days. I don't know if he served them all. I don't know. It's just upsetting um, this world that we're living in. <laughs> tangentially, I know Evan hates when I talk about any other podcast on this podcast, but I listened to the first two episodes of The Good Place, the podcast. <laughs> Which is an official N- NBC <laughs> podcast about the show, and it's great. Um, it's hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Sean, who is Michael um, Michael's boss, and it's great. And so, if you are done with li- this list, listening to our show, and you still want to listen to more TV podcasts, you should go check that out. <laughs> and I hear the clicking away from our site. Uh, I'm all for it. If it's a good show, check it out. Um, and you know, good honor. Speak yes. your mind, especially if you're in the right. That's what this this you know social media should be for. Not not the idiots out there that make themselves way more known than they should be. Not everybody should have a voice. So, all right. Finally, from Deadline.com, Looney Tunes getting short form revival at WB Animation. Going back to the well. I can't I can't say whether I like this or not. It makes me nervous. But apparently Warner Brothers is letting a, a, a bunch of different artists produce one to six minute shorts written and drawn by the cartoonists, which is interesting. Um, I don't I mean, the thing was, is that all of the other the older Looney Tunes were done with a specific personality in line like like Bugs Bunny was the same Bugs Bunny and all of the other and every Bugs Bunny cartoon I'm curious as to how this will flow if you know the cartoonists allowed are being allowed to add their own personality hmm. I'm interested in it I'm I'm interested in any take that tries to you know make the Looney Tunes relevant again uh, because they're you know the classics are all great and their last several attempts at rebooting the uh, Looney Tunes haven't been, you know, over the roof successful. So, what the hey? I mean, I'll give Let's it a nuts. shot. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah. Let's, get, uh, let's be creative. Go nuts. Apparently, each season will be will consist of 1,000 minutes. So, that's a lot of minutes. I wanted to do the math, but it's one to six minutes. So, average of four. So, that's like... 
200 plus episodes, two to 300 episodes or shorts mm-hmm. per season. So that'll definitely be interesting to see. I hope it works out because Looney Tunes was great back in the day. It's great. Sure was, still is. So that's it. Good stuff. Hopefully it continues to be. All right, that's all I got, people. We're, we're, we're done with the news. Um, Chris, I, I promised hey. you... So we got six minutes. So if you can get your spiel out of the way <laughs> and your announcement, you know. <laughs> well, you can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade or follow the show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can the good people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan, if someone were so inclined to find you on Twitter, where would they do it? Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Back to you, Evan. Very good, sir. Thank you so much. It is your turn. It is my turn. And and I know... You ha- apparently have a plethora of things to choose from. What's our homework this week? Uh, your homework this week is going to be from a show that I just finished rewatching. Uh, it's something I've wanted to bring up for a, quite a long time and never really knew where to land on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I settled on an episode that I think is a good entry point, uh, or at least a good example of what the show is capable of. I would like to watch Avatar, The Last Airbender, Season 2, Episode 8, The Chase interesting okay so avatar season two episode eight the chase that is your homework everyone please watch that and come back next week as we discuss it in depth so that's all i got from this from all of us here at this week's episode i'm evan i'm karen who's dwigged good night and this concludes our broadcast day